I was listening to a podcast today and I realized they all have the um, luxury of ads. So they always do this thing where they go, we'll be back after a quick break. Mm-hmm. And then they just like get up and do stuff for who knows how long. But we listened to two <laughs> minutes of ads or fast forward two minutes of ads. And I was like, we should just start saying we'll be back yeah, after this break, break and immediately come back in yeah. three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. And we're back. <laughs> Well, hey, everybody. (laughs) It sounds like you're about to play some smooth jams. (laughs) You've been listening to Brittany and Tiffany at, I don't know, fill in the... It's 9 (laughs) p.m. Where are you and who are you thinking about? I feel like we have to be an AM radio uh, channel. It's a 1670 AM radio station. (laughs) That's exactly what that just sounded like. Hey, everybody. Anyways, well... Um, welcome to episode 11. Wow. We're here today to hang out with you guys for the next probably hour or so, and just excited to talk about some interesting things from our past today. Excited does not begin (laughs) to explain it. I am elated. Another E word. But first off, just wanted to say... Once again, thank you so much for listening. If and if you haven't, um, if this is your first episode, then by all means listen to it. But we would encourage you to go back and listen to episode one or two or both of them, which will give you a little bit of background on who we are and yeah, just why we decided to go on this journey with all of you. Yeah, and three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten are also pretty good. <laughs> so just binge all of those. You know, do some cleaning, put a song in your ears. We will entertain you, we promise. Check them out, yeah. So the reason that we want you to go back to one and two is it gives a little bit of context to what we're talking about today. This isn't out of nowhere. No. This is our past. It's our our history. It's our... Um, it's our stories it and is. just some punctuation marks really throughout our stories. So um, I think it's important to include a disclaimer. Yes. That um, a lot of what we're going to talk about today is certainly very tongue in cheek. Yes. And we should say what we are talking about today. Yes, that's oh, that's a great, uh, great call. <laughs> um, we are talking about our Christian childhood or Christian childhood in the 90s because that's mm. when we grew up. And what the hell was up with that? What was? Yes. Our Christian childhood, our CHCH. CHCH, yes. Uh, yeah, so a lot of these things are going to be tongue-in-cheek. A lot of these memories are really fond. Yes, And yes. things that we absolutely loved, and maybe some of them now we might still love, but, you know, yeah. has a certain um, context now that totally. it didn't have then. So it's kind of, a lot of these things are funny, but um, we should just say nothing is meant to be offensive or judgmental yes. or anything even adjacent to that. Totally. It's just what we grew up with and how it, a lot how of we bonded. Yeah, how we yeah. bonded. Exactly. Totally. So many things like, do you remember this? I know. So um, take that with a grain of salt. Yes. We'll get to salty in the future. Oh, she laid it down. I did. Listen, <laughs> it just came right out. Um, but anyway, that that disclaimer is for you, mom. <laughs> well, and also I think um, I, as much as I think most of our audience probably re- at this point, I'm assuming you grew up similar to us or identify in some way similar to us. But for those of you who are just interested because you did not grow up this way. 
Um, this will give you give some context to one might say a crazy kind of upbringing, not crazy in the terrible sense. It's just for us, it was normal. And to somebody else, it seems like crazy that you didn't yeah. listen to XYZ or watch this or didn't do that. Fill in the blank that we're about to tell you about. Um, so just giving some context to all the other topics that we talk about on this podcast right like you like for us there was always you know counterculture yes like you can't be part of the secular culture and the counterculture but for a lot of people we're the counterculture that's true i guess i haven't thought about it that way yeah we were the other we were for us everyone else was so we're very good at disclaimers (laughs) (laughs) but i think it's important for people to understand like you know honestly that disclaimer should have been at the very uh beginning of our podcast like episode number one Mm -hmm. just so you guys are all aware of of where our hearts are and our heads are agree we've had lots of people reach out to us and something that we want to talk about very soon is discussing our deconstruction of our faith we're where we are at now how we got there but in order to do that we kind of need to tell you where we came from give you some context give you some background and so this is it's not this is not part one necessarily but it's just it's gonna be the beginning of starting to talk about our faith and Mm -hmm. where we're at I think the bigger sort of faith and where we're at in terms of church and what we believe will come very soon. Um, not sure exactly which episode it will be after this, but very soon. Um, so at least this will give you something to chew on until then. Yeah, which I feel like I need to pause really quick and make a note because I've been uh, collecting a list in my phone of oh, no. <laughs> uh, specific words and phrases that specifically feel Christian. Mm-hmm. And one of them is chew on. Oh, chew <laughs> So I just wrote that down because she won this. I I have been making a list. So that is I love it. it. it, I mean, you hear that outside of the context of Christianity, but you specifically hear it in Christianity quite a lot. That's got to be that might be a whole podcast topic of like, let's just can we give a dictionary of what this phrase or word is? is yeah this is how it would be used in a sentence yeah Yeah, exactly exactly. (laughs) like you just did so to give you something to chew on um anyway that was great thank you i'm gonna be i'm sure i'm gonna do that through the whole conversation i love it so good um beyond that though uh i think we're probably gonna end up commenting on our reactions to things that we grew up with and whether or not we think that that's okay yeah how we were raised in certain ways sure um and things that we experienced and if it makes sense now yeah um so again just another little disclaimer that it's our perspectives now and you may or may not disagree or agree and that's okay um we're right so um (laughs) (laughs) no i jest but uh yeah well i mean i guess to start off i think we should both um maybe just give a little background i know we've talked about this in episode one and two about who we are but Mm -hmm. this is especially a special and significant topic to us because we were actually not only raised in the church, but our parents were, were their occupation was in the church. So they were right. pastors or in my case, pastors and missionaries. So Tiffany, maybe uh, kind of walk me through what that looked like, I guess, just maybe a quick summary of 
what the yeah. childhood was for you. Totally. Then, yeah. My yeah. parents' occupation was Jesus. Yes. <laughs> and um, I'm the youngest of four. My parents met in Bible college. It used mm-hmm. to be called Southeastern Bible College. Then it became Southeastern College. Now it's Southeastern University. Um, they used to call it Essie Bessie for SEBC. Essie Bessie. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Mm-hmm. Once upon a time. So they met in college, Bible college. My dad um, became a pastor and my parents have been in the ministry since they were 22. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, now- in the ministry. Oh, put that on the yeah, list. Yeah, you got to add that to the list. Oh, I'm putting it on the list. I just need to keep my phone awake. Like, why unlock yeah, it? In the ministry. In the ministry. It's like um, when we talk about, like, in the industry out here. Oh, it is. It's like, it's a The phrase, industry. Like, like, we all know what the industry is. Yeah. We all know or what the ministry, ministry is. That implies something that we understand, but that may not... Totally. Like, and this is not else? like a Harry Potter topic. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the only other, which that's witchcraft and of the devil. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, they have been in the ministry, the service of Jesus, since they were 22. Um, they're, my parents are both 69 now. Wow. So a long, long time. Um, my dad was a pastor all of my siblings' lives, all of my life until I was 17. He's still ordained. My mom's actually ordained too, but he's not been um, leading his own church since I was 17. Um, so grew up as a PK, pastor's kid, preacher's kid. I always called a preacher's kid until I got a little older and realized that like not everybody's a hillbilly from the backwoods. <laughs> and some preacher's people say pastor kid. and not I've preacher. I've actually not heard preacher's kid. Oh, really? Well, I mean, I know. Sure. I know what preacher's kid. Right. But yeah, I feel like my reference point is always pastor's kid. Yeah, I was always preacher's kid until I realized everybody else was saying pastor's kid. Until I went to PK retreat. (laughs) Yes. Until I went to PK retreat, um, which we'll get into. But um, that's kind of – that's the shortest version of my background. We're evangelical Pentecostal, which is its own thing. Um, And just my family was very um, devout. We were raised every – Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night in the church, every church event ever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we most of my life lived right next to the church yep. in a what they call a parsonage. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, so that's on church property. It's like the church was the biggest part of your life, even over school, at yeah. least for me. Yeah, no. Everything same. revolved around church. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? My parents also met in Bible college at CBC, Central Bible College. Uh, so, but same denomination. Yeah. Um, and then they went right into ministry. They were youth pastors for a little bit, then pastors, all while they were trying to raise money. At some point, then they decided they wanted to move to South Africa, so they started raising money. And so we traveled all over the place doing that and then moved to South Africa where they were missionaries. And it was a combination of things. You know, they pastored, they were teachers, did all kinds of different things in South Africa. Mm -hmm. So I definitely grew up in church um, Sunday night, Sunday morning, Wednesday. The Wednesday thing I feel like is actually specific, is more specific to American church. Mm -hmm. For us, a lot of times it was like a Friday night thing. I totally hear that. Like a lot of when we were in Key West and places like that, like a lot of the um, Latino culture Mm -hmm. churches had Friday night service instead of Wednesday. It's like instead of partying at whoever's house you go to youth group yeah and so for like wednesday wasn't really a thing in south africa but yeah i mean it was a part of our life and still is my parents are still pastors today um and it's like a part of my heritage really it's like so many of my family members are 
in ministry as an occupation. Right. Yeah. And if you're going to like rank the services that we went to, <laughs> everything boils down to Sunday morning. Yeah. You couldn't miss the others. No. Don't get no. me wrong. <laughs> but I, I remember that Sunday morning, like at least when I was a kid until I was about nine years old, like you dress up. Oh, yeah. Like we had like those socks that like would come up on your um your calf and then you fold them back down and they oh, have like the little the little lace around the them? lace around the edge. Oh, yeah, girl. And you'd wear those with like your shoes with <laughs> like the little a black buckle. Painting. Oh, yeah. Yes. With the we just had the uniform. That's it was like it was. essentially a uniform, <laughs> but the dress could be a different color. Yeah. Um, and those would be outrageous. But you don't miss Sunday morning because Sunday morning you don't have one service. No. You got your Sunday school. Mm-hmm. You got your children's church. Yep. And sometimes, at least when I was growing up, you would have Sunday school and then you would everybody would go into the main sanctuary. They would have like – it wasn't praise and worship. Like that wasn't what it was yet because mm-hmm. we were in such a rural area. It was time for like we would sing out of a hymnal. Okay. And um, they also used – uh, and I say they. It was usually my dad. Every once in a while, we'd have somebody else lead music, but usually it was my dad. Um, you remember those old things where you put like a see-through – A transparency? Yes. I couldn't remember what it was called. Oh, Yes. Yes. And those were called choruses oh, instead of hymns. Instead of like, it, it was the more like. Contemporary. Contemporary. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we would all be in the, the hill, room. The New Hill song. Exactly. Song. Yeah. Oh, well, not in my, not, not in my first church with Hill sure, song, yeah. but when we were in Key West, it was. But um, so the kids would all be in the children's church for that. And then we would collect the offering and then we would depart from children's church. Okay. They would excuse us. That makes sense. How was yeah. yours? Was it like that? Can I just say. I remembered a word for you. I thought of transparency. And you, you did. I, I feel like I need an applause. You like do. that never happens. Slow clap. <laughs> I was like, oh, I, re- I knew something. I'm like, what are those see-through things called? <laughs> the, only thing, the only reason why that's significant to me, though, too, is that's how I discovered I needed contacts. We were going to a church. Oh, really? We were going to a church in Springfield, Missouri, in college, and they still used transparencies at oh the time. Oh, my God. But it was a bigger church, actually. Right. And we were up in, like, the balcony. And I remember – it was Curtis and I. We were, like, 18 or 19 years old. And I remember leaning over to him and going, like, you would think somebody would, would like, turn the knob. Like, make it oh. so that you can – so it's a little yeah. clearer. And Curtis was like, it's, it's clear. clear. And wow. I was like, oh, Okay. Wow, so Jesus does know. save. He does save. He alerts you of your problems that <laughs> medical doctors life can alert. help you with. <laughs> he saved your eyesight. Um, but yeah, so and yeah, church was very similar for me. Um, I mean, it was just like a, it was a thing. It was just how it was life. It was like a part of routine. I didn't know anything different. And before we moved to South Africa, I remember being at a children's church that was like so well produced that, you know, you have like the puppet shows and you have like, it's, it's so fun. It's this whole production. Yeah. And it's, it's so hard to not just, I I want to be delicate with how I phrase things, but it's (laughs) like, how do you not follow exactly what's given out to you? It's like giving candy to a kid because that's what, that's what the puppets did. They would throw it at the, <laughs> at the kids. kids. <laughs> and any good children's church had one of those puppet things. You know what I'm talking about where it's like the huge thing. Oh, yeah. and Like with the curtains with hanging. The curtains, yeah. And then you come in through the main curtain mm-hmm. and then there's like the lower. There's anyway, like the tiered, you know. Tiered so, curtains. Mm-hmm. Everybody had those pipe things in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was like the, the little PVC pipes to yes, set up. Oh, the PVC yes. pipes. But yeah. yeah, no, you're totally right. Like it is systemic. Can I say the word? 
Go for it. Brainwashing? (laughs) It's systemic education. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. It is. Like, you're absolutely right. Why would you not? And they make it fun. The wise man built his His house house upon the rock. rock. Like, you know? And we can still sing all of those songs to this day. Oh, my gosh. That's oh, I had I, I loved that one because you got to fall in it and they oh, all had yeah. emotions and it was very interactive and you got to like perform. Oh, it was the best. It was great. Yeah. Was why amazing. aren't your kids in children's church? You know, that's a good question. Um, my biggest reason is honestly kind of what you just talked about is I'm erring on the side of not putting them in something and having to maybe explain that we don't necessarily believe how this is being taught Mm -hmm. than erring on the side of let's just let them hear about it and worry about it later. And we went back and forth with this about this for a long time. We really struggled with this because for a long time I was in the camp of it really can't do any harm. Like what's, what's the worst that can happen? Like they learn that Jonah and the whale, they think it's real or they think that something like that. And then you just have to kind of unexplain at home well, and the thing about it is, too, is, like, we turned out awesome. <laughs> Did you want to be I'm just us? kidding. But a lot of people that we know turned out awesome and were raised this way. Yeah. And so, like, something valuable came out of it. Totally. And, I, and I'm not saying it's all bad. Like, I, like we said when we gave all our disclaimers, like, I think it's just very easy to have a lot of these things that are ingrained in you. Mm-hmm. And it took me a very long time to realize that a lot of these Bible stories – shouldn't be interpreted literally and and that's okay honestly that's like this probably the smallest of the issues of things that we dealt with the church we went to out here in LA for a little while like I'm sure they're doing an amazing job and there's a lot of great things about it and I like I do want the kids to understand who Jesus was and I think he was an amazing historical figure um but yeah do you have to learn about him every Sunday for your entire childhood I, I don't know. I'm not at the place right now where I feel like that that's something that's super important to us. And we're going to probably have to face that as we in the years to come, whether we think that was a good choice or a bad choice. When you say it's not important to you, are you talking about spirituality as a whole or religion? I would say religion. I yeah. mean, I think spirituality is important, but I also feel like Curtis and I, to be quite frank, are in sort of what I would call a – I don't even know what to call it. Like a like a nothing stage in terms of like spirituality or any of that because we don't really even talk about it. Yeah, like we're not talking about and not intentionally. It's just like because it's not a part of Curtis in my life right now. It's not really a part of our language at all. Like even praying and there's parts of it that like I kind of would like to change. Like I want there to be more conversations with the kids, but it's also just not something that's that comes up. Right. Um, it's come up a few times with Beckett where we'll be talking about like the stars or planets or like he gets super into science kind of stuff and he'll watch a YouTube video about like a, a black hole or something and then those conversations will come up and we will talk about it and we usually lead with things like we don't know or like mm-hmm. this is what we were taught or like trying to present different things but we're not leading with the Bible which is like kind of right. the opposite of how we were raised. No, totally. So. I, I don't think know. That makes a lot of sense. But um, children's church was so fun. <laughs> it was so fun. Oh, it was amazing. You know what I really loved was the animal. You just talked about so much deep stuff. And it's, I'm like, no, let me tell you about the animal crackers and the red juice. 
<laughs> Do you remember? I would put my animal crackers in the red juice. Was just this like dip. communion? Or no? Oh, no. That's funny, though. <laughs> yeah, I would put my lamb animal cracker into the red blood juice. It's um, very on the nose. I apologize. No, but no. <laughs> those little things, the puppets and the crackers and the yeah. all that. Um, it was just a really good time. It was. And we had things like, I mean, during this time in childhood, before we get to like youth group stuff, was we had things like salty, which was, uh, I mean, this is how I have to say this was like one oh. of this is like how we bonded. This was like one of our first. Like, I ever. still see it. I can see us looking at the computer in our apartment. We had <laughs> talked about it, and then we're like, we gotta pull it up, and like we like watched yes. a YouTube video of it, and it was just all the emotions. And of- for anyone who doesn't know, Salty oh, yes. is a Psalm book. Psalm, He's the Psalms. Like, song, like Psalms from the Bible, right? Like we're all it's like before Proverbs, but it is a bunch of proverbs and poetry and stuff. Salty is a Psalms book. He looks like basically looks like a hymnal is yeah. what he looks like. Yeah. And he's this big blue book mm-hmm. with arms and eyes and a face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's absurd. Yeah. And um, he teaches you stuff. Yeah. He teaches you stuff. And, you know, it, it is very like proverbial, like yeah. the kind of lessons he teaches. It was like VeggieTales before VeggieTales. Like, totally. Yeah. This character. And I remember watching him, but not before I listened to him. Mm-hmm. We had the cassette tapes for yes. years yeah. for years and i remember um we had and they were red i don't know why they were red when salty was blue like bad marketing <laughs> yeah i was gonna say they had a change of heart at some point they really should have thought that through <laughs> they should have been blue but our cassette tapes were red and you listen to the whole thing and i remember it's the beginning of me loving podcasts probably because i would put it in or my mom or whoever would put it in before i would go to sleep and then when the tape would end i would wake up and then i'd have to flip the you tape over yeah, you gotta go turn it over. Yes, yep. and put the other side into play. And um, Salty is—I remember seeing Salty live. Did you see Salty no, live? I, but that, by that oh. point, we were in probably in South Africa. Although we would have listened to him before then. But no, I never. I don't think I saw Salty. Well, live. I did. Lucky. <laughs> it was amazing. Salty live, nothing like it. it was so cool. I I assume it was at Carpenter's Home Church. I don't remember, but in Lakeland, is that- Florida. That's like the big church. It's okay. Well, it was. I mean, it doesn't exist anymore. But when I was a kid, we lived in Center Hill, Florida, and Lakeland would have been like an hour 15 south of us. Okay. But we would go to Lakeland for revivals, Salty. My first concert ever was okay. at Carpenter's Home Church. Yeah. Oh, what a pleasant. You got to see him live. I got to see him live. It That's, could have been you. It could have been me. This just reminded me of something that we did not talk about. I don't know if we ever talked to us. Do we ever talk about the power team? The power team. The power team were like Christian Hulk Hogan's. Oh, oh my gosh. There's something gosh. about this is like ringing a bell, but someone also out not there knows. super significant. Yeah. Someone some, someone out there knows the power team. They were like four something men and they would they looked like they were huge power lifters and they would like break shit in the name of Jesus. Oh. I kid you not. Like, is this like where they put a bunch of things on a like a yes. pile and then it like all yes, breaks? Exactly. And they were always wearing like these really tight, like skimpy shirts almost. <laughs> and it said the power team. This does seem oh, very Brittany, to me. That one just came out of nowhere. <laughs> I loved the power team. I lived for it. Power team. I didn't live for it. I just really it was, enjoyed it. Was it only like a live event or was it like? It was a live event. Okay. And I assume they were on TV and stuff yeah. too, but the we went to the we live event. YouTube or something. You could look exactly. at it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It wasn't like that. You had to just catch it on TBN. <laughs> <laughs> 
There's the so power. many yeah, things like that. Sound, that does sound familiar. Yeah. Well, your family's quite involved in the in the child the children's yeah. um, children's uh, storytelling. Bible yeah, storytelling. What do you call it <laughs> content. Content. Before sure. it was called content, content creators. Um, yeah, yeah, my grandpa created a whole series called Dan and Louie, and we grew up listening to that. With It was like tons of cassette tapes where he would tell Bible stories, and we would listen to it at night. And he, he was a ventriloquist, and so he did all kinds of things with that. And so we definitely grew up listening to that. And I didn't even know it was something that was like semi-well-known in our denomination. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until I came to college, which I started off at a Christian college, and a few people saw my last name. and then associated the Dan and Louie series, which is what my grandpa did. And I I didn't know as many people had actually listened to it. And I was like, oh, okay. They're like, Um, are you Betzer? Yeah. The Dan and Louie Betzers? (laughs) Like, I am. But I did not know that I, people knew about this. And then you you pulled out a puppet from behind your back and started doing ventriloquism. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Funny you ask. Yeah, funny you ask. I can uh, do something for you now. Ah. But... No, I mean, yeah, there's so many things growing up. Like another one outside of Salty, like, was the Donut Man, which I know you weren't really familiar uh, yeah, with. Yeah, I wasn't. But yeah. then, like, I was telling a coworker of mine about it, and I, I was listing all these things off that we had in common, and then I was like, oh, and then the Donut Man, and she was like, oh, the Donut Man, and I'm like, yes, and there's this whole, it's, it's crazy how this stuff sticks with you. Mm-hmm. It was this, basically, this kid's show where, again, similar to Salty, it was this guy who – actually, now that I'm describing it, I'm not sure if I know the entire premise, the premise. but I guess he worked at a donut shop or – I I actually don't know now that I'm saying this. But my association with it was he would sing this song about life without Jesus. It's like a donut. Like a donut. Like a donut. <laughs> life without Jesus is like a donut. Because there's the hole in the middle of your heart. Wow. And I could sing the tune, but I'm just going to do it like a spoken word for you right now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Could you please? <gasps> we oh. should, like, bring all of these childhood. Like, do you remember the song, I Am a Promise? I am a promise. I am a possibility. I am a promise. Oh, I do. With a capital P. We should turn them all into spoken so, words. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm a promise, okay. promise, 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 promise. It's going to be our social media campaign for like the next. <laughs> I'm so into it. Um, yeah, I didn't grow up with the Donut Man, but I did because of you. Look some of it up, and it quite cute. Yeah, it's cute. It's, it's it is right on the right on par with all of the other Christian content yeah. from our childhood. But what's crazy though is like. It sticks with you. Like there's things yeah. about it that I know it, it does sound so ridiculous, but I I that visual of like a donut hole and like the donut, it's something that I I have thought about for years where it's like when people talk about, oh, there's this empty space and only God can feel it or whatever. It's like I think about a, a donut hole. You're, you're like Ariel or something yeah. in Little Mermaid. You're like, oh, yes, like a donut? Yeah. Like a hole in a donut? <laughs> Like so innocent and wide-eyed. Yeah, where it's just it makes oh, sense. Oh, a hole in your heart, just like a donut. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you were like. Oh. oh, that's hilarious. Well, I grew up with something you didn't. I grew up with Gospel Bill. 
Gospel Bill. Gospel oh, Bill. I remember you playing this yes. for me. The Western. The it was Western. The, the, ch- the child's Western version of like Christian storytelling. There's like Gospel Bill and then there's like this town idiot named Nicodemus and, <laughs> you know, all these different things. And Gospel Bill is just trying to keep everybody righteous and, yeah. you know, trying to wrangle Nicodemus, who's always being an idiot. And... um. That was a good one. That was, yeah. I just, I'll never forget it. Gospel Bill. Gospel Bill. Oh it was goodness. very like Andy Griffith show ish. Okay. Okay. Maybe that's a sort of slapstick comedy or no? A lot of slapstick because for okay. kids, so Nicodemus was always absolutely just doing stupid stuff and getting his head hit and, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. But I loved that one. But one that we both remembered mm-hmm. was Superbook. Oh, yes. Yes. The little, it was a cartoon, the little kids. With the robot. Mm-hmm. They go back in time into the oh, Bible yeah. stories. It was epic. I know. It was. It was an adventure. It, w- it was an epic adventure every yeah. single time. Well, a big part of everything when I was growing up too was not just – like church was not just Sunday. You cannot be a Sunday morning Christian. No. You got to live it every single day of the week. Yep. So um, we had very – in my family, very strict rules on what we were allowed to listen to and not. So – same. Music growing up was we were allowed to listen to what my dad always called oldie goldies, which at that time was the 1950s, 1960s music. It was all like um, soda shop, bubblegum pop Mm. kind of, you know, um, the temptations and things like that. Yeah. So beyond that, I was allowed to listen to a little bit of country Mm -hmm. and Christian music. Christian music is fine. All the Christian music is fine. And the first concert I ever got to go to, of course, was Christian. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to any other concerts growing up, actually, that weren't Christian. I never yeah. went to a single – like, I never had, Me like, either. that – all the girls he says have that Taylor Swift or that Billie Eilish moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I Or Lauren Daigle, I guess, but she is Christian, isn't she? She's oh, crossing she, over. Yeah, I think so. Listen, her music is powerful. She's yeah, great. she is great. Yeah. She's great. But, um, but like, I never went to anything sync, but true, like, no, none of that. Never got no, no, to no. any of that. The yeah. first thing I ever saw was the Newsboys. Yeah. I don't remember how old I was. Probably like eight or nine, maybe a little bit older. But I saw Stephen Curtis Chapman in South Africa. Oh, but in South Africa. It was in South Africa. And then, so that's why I get, I get this in another experience confused because I, I just don't remember how old I was. But... Um, Carmen actually came to my grandparents' church and put on a whole production, and I don't remember how old I was with that, but I remember thinking that was really cool. And if you don't know who any of these people are, yeah, you're welcome. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, we're not talking about Carmen San Diego, <laughs> no, but you should look them up because it's worth investigating. But Absolutely. especially Carmen, especially Carmen. Uh, <laughs> and then like I didn't. Yeah, I same. I was not allowed to listen to anything that was not Christian. And even in my home, like it was what's funny, it's kind of ironic looking back is like we were a very musical family and I was yet, just thinking that. I and yet we didn't I don't like my parents didn't listen to things Okay, I'll put it this way. If they listened to them, it wasn't in front of us. But I didn't grow up listening to like the Beatles or like sort of these classic uh-huh. like huge musicians um or artists. Same. So there's these moments where now even as a 33-year-old woman and I've had many years to explore and I have listened to all kinds of music now, there's not these moments growing up where I have a sort of nostalgia for things that other people do because it just didn't exist in my home. Right. Um, And like I remember being – I'd have to look up how – what your – do you know what year Space Jam came out? I'm going to guess 94. Okay. That sounds about right because I feel like – It was around that. So whenever Space Jam came out, I remember I must have been 10 or 11 
Yeah, you would have been because I was 9 or 10. Yeah, 10 mm-hmm. or 11 when the CD came out. And I remember asking my dad, like, hey, could I buy oh, shit, that? If I was 9 or 10, then it would have been later. Space Jam, that would have made it in like 96 or 97. Yeah, I don't remember when it was. This is important. <laughs> but uh, whenever the CD came out, I asked. That was the first one I remember asking my dad if we could buy it, even though it wasn't Christian. And he said, and he, and we did. He let me get it. Um, but I even feel like there was like some monitor. Like I was allowed to listen to all of it, but it was like, we don't need to listen to it all the time or like mm-hmm. whatever. There was some. Your dad knew something was up with R. Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> Although he was, I'd say, the less strict of the two parents, but but he he let me get it. Yeah. Um, I will say, same, when it came to music and things like that, my dad was the one who was a little more lax. Yeah. My mom, like, you couldn't get anything past her. Yeah. <laughs> the, you know, so the first concert I saw was uh, Newsboys, but the first CD I ever owned was Kirk Franklin. Oh, I you love remember, me some Kirk Franklin. You remember that song Stomp? Oh yeah, girl. My first CD. Oh, I had a dance routine to this song. Me too, because I was in jazz and ballet yeah. with Hosanna Praise and Worship Team. Okay. In Key West. Yeah. And we had an entire I feel like I could still do it for you. We had a moment where we went choo choo stomp. Yeah. Like choo choo. Or like, can I get a rev- or what's the other one? Revolution. Revolution. That was one I had a dance room. Yeah. Let me just say really quick. So I went to the Oprah 2020 Vision Tour. Yesterday, mm-hmm. amazing. One is of my Kirk favorite. Franklin? No, <laughs> but one of my favorite moments from the whole day was there was a gospel singer. Oh, really? Tamara, somebody. Okay. Which people would know she is. She's apparently like the most. She's the it person right now in okay. gospel. Like how BB and CC Winans were forever. Yeah. She's the it person in gospel. And girl, she sang um, "Take Me to the King." New song. Mm, Take yeah. me to. Oh my God. Yeah. I. I mean, that I is me the some stuff I miss. I That's do. the stuff I miss. I'm like. Every sentiment in that, though, that song, take away the religiosity of it. It is a broken person looking for help. Yeah. It's a broken person looking for wholeness. It's a broken person saying, I still believe there's something else for me. Yeah. And I believe that there's healing. Yeah. So whatever it is, I'm like, oh, I'm going to cry just talking about it right now. It was beautiful. It was amazing. And I do miss those parts. I do, too. I mean, there's something very nostalgic for me. I mean, I loved... Kirk Franklin. Kirk Franklin. I mean, I would listen to it now. No, like yes. I, it's solid. I mean, I love it. I love it. And, and it, it just, it's, it's, it's triumphant. Yes. And it's so feeling soulful. And just, soulful. Yeah. It's like a re. It's the new ver- gospel comes from old time. You know, African American spirituals and things yeah. like that. And man, like that's yeah. This music is like speaking to me. Yeah. Oh, it was great. No, anyway, it was gr- I no, just it was to great. Say. No, it was great. <laughs> I still love gospel music. <laughs> I know. Well, it's like I, I feel like gospel music and a lot of the music growing up also led to things like music videos. Yes. But there's also something called a human video. Uh, what are oh. what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> okay, let's just put it this way. If you don't know what I mean when I say human video. Oh, wow. Then I mean, I guess Google it. Yeah. I don't know. But <laughs> you got to YouTube that for sure. Yeah. A human video is when a bunch of Christian teenagers led by a too young youth pastor <laughs> create chore- part choreography and part acting. Sure. Yeah, we'll go with that. To tell a story based on a song. That always ends with Jesus being crucified on the cross. Without fail. After somebody has been shot down in the street, like mime shot. Yeah. So nobody talks in these. It's to a song. Yep. Sometimes they talk, but it's very rare. It's to a song. And and 
lest we forget, there are competitions for this. Oh, I was about to bring that up. For best human video. Yeah. <laughs> but you act out all this stuff and there's always somebody who's like, you know, a, there's always a drunk. There's, there's always, always a drug addict. Stumbling around. Always. There's always somebody shooting somebody in a street. Yeah. There's always like somebody making out with a boy. Yep. You know, and then. Yeah. The point of these saved. are basically they're trying to dramatize like a sort of experience where someone has fallen or whatever needs salvation needs salvation someone there's always like a helping hand that comes to rescue the person and bring them to the cross and there's i mean it's we're exaggerating being a little hyperbolic but also not that hyperbolic i was gonna say i don't think you're being no, hyperbolic maybe not at hyperbolic. all well uh, okay sure let me let me backtrack not every human video because I can see somebody being like, we don't always do this. And I don't know what they look like today in yeah. 2020. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to guess I would bet on it that they look pretty similar. But <laughs> and what's funny is looking back, they would be very moving. Like when you're in, which is its own thing. I feel like you go down this whole road where it's like there's almost this high if you want to say that, oh, yeah. where you feel like you're a part of this culture and you're a part of this experience and you're feeling the emotions and the music and and it's a and it's a message that you really believe in. Oh yeah, and and people will be crying at the end. Yeah, and here's the thing: the reason that it's a high bringing is because all of these songs have a key change. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness, like, like the Mariah Carey key change. Almost without fail, they have a key change. And is there anything more powerful? Is there? <laughs> no. Not much. Like a key change? Absolutely. Like Free not. Willy. Like, yes. Da-na. Yeah, whatever. But okay. then it's like. Yeah, we're bringing back the Free Willy. But no, so I remember the last human video I ever did, I was way too old, and the youth group like begged me to do it. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you know what you played? Yeah. What well, is- I'll tell you. I was. It, I'll tell you what the song was. Okay. The song was "Grace Like Rain" by Todd Agnew. Mm. Do you remember that song? Hallelujah, grace like rain. Oh yes, yes. Um, it's so good. But there was death involved. There were shootings involved. Was there a key change? Uh, I'm pretty sure there's a key change in um, "Grace Like Rain." I should double check. I don't want to guarantee it, <laughs> but it's a powerful song. Yeah. It goes places. Yeah. And I was way too old. I was like 16 or 17 and I was dating my ex-husband. <laughs> I was too young <laughs> and he was supposed to come that night and couldn't come. And um, Scott and Tiffany came. Oh, yeah. <laughs> kind of, you know why? Because Tiffany's sister was in youth group with me. Tiffany okay. wasn't, but her sister was. And we did this human video. Wow. Wow. Way too old for a human video, but they needed me and I delivered. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Wow, human video is brilliant. It's I like know. recesses. It's crazy. Recesses. Well, it's just crazy like that time period because, I mean, this is slightly backtracking, but it's like just the music you were listening to at that time. Yeah. It was like everything was fine if it was Christian, although you'd have those bands where oh. they went secular and we just don't talk about them Not anymore. okay. It was Sixpence, None the Richer. Oh, my goodness. How are they going to put out a, a song called Kiss Me? I don't know. <laughs> That's on Dawson's Creek. And uh. I mean... It's such a sweet it's song. It's just like, it's so crazy. I, I had this in our notes from earlier, but it's like this whole idea of as Christians growing up, we're supposed to be in the world, but not of the world. Right. And that whole thing, which is such a, I don't know. I don't even know how I feel about that. I don't like it at all. Yeah, but okay, semantics. Yeah, like, it's just, yeah, semantics. It's like, yeah. but it's those kind of phrases that growing up, I remember wrestling with 
all throughout my childhood and it's just I was a very logical child and thinker and I'm like I just don't understand because like we're all just existing so what do you what do you mean right. it's all how do I do this right yeah on top of everything uh, else I'm supposed it's to just, do right and then there was this, because of like the expectations of not being allowed to listen to certain things or only being encouraged to listen to Christian music then there's like because of being very musical I was very curious about all the other things that were not Christian music. Of course. And then feeling like you needed to hide that. I was in junior high and we come back to the States and Christina Aguilera had come out with a single, Genie in a Bottle. And I mean, at that point, I will say I was into NSYNC and all these other things, but I didn't have their... Yeah, you didn't own them. I didn't own them yet. And one of my friends, uh, we were over at her house it's so funny how it always goes down. Yeah, for we were me over at somebody's scene. house that yeah. they were allowed to listen to whatever. And I remember I also have a significant memory of like straighteners had just come out. Or like but they were I'm terrible sure. back then. The Con Air ones that oh, only yeah. got to like and 110 degrees. they were like four degrees. inches long. They were this wide. Yeah. <laughs> you just yeah. like smushed your hair in it. But I remember we were there and they were showing me how to use one. And then she this is had so funny, this Brittany. like single. We had the same day like across the world from each other. Wow. So she gave me – she owned it. I didn't buy it. But she had like the single. It just – it had like Genie in a Bottle, maybe one other song. Uh-huh. And in the little cover. And she was like – Is it What a Girl Wants? It may have been. And she gave it to me. And I – it was like the first time I ever felt bad because I like hit it. Of course. From I would like play it, but then I would just like hide it away. Those are two away. naughty songs. They're very naughty. I know, but it Both was so them. good. It's still good. It was so good. So, yeah. I don't yeah. Know. One of my first songs that I was like with friends getting my hair straightened with a terrible Conair straightener, <laughs> but it was still magic. Was and they were always metal. Remember how metal oh, they were? Oh yes, yes. But um, it was Brandy and Monica. Oh, um, I love them. What's their song? Their uh. Duet? The boy is mine. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my god! And I could not believe this girl was allowed to listen to all this music. I could not believe it. And I was listening to the lyrics, and I was like, "This is about a boy. <laughs> like, this is about like I and I'm I love yeah. Like, like he's your man and your man. Wow, it was a lot <laughs> for me to like ten year old me to handle. But that and then NSYNC's first um their first single yeah, ever too yeah. which what was their first single? i can i can just see the cover where it's like with the star and the oh yeah um anyway i would know it the second that it, yeah anytime i hear it i'm like oh it's the first single. Yeah. but anyway it's just not coming to mind right now but being at a friend's house who's she was like one or two years older and um just being like this is really good <laughs> <laughs> this is really good but i loved i already liked the backstreet boys for yeah. the same reasons wait are anyway, you are- i'm definitely a bsb I know we've been through this. I know, but we I have for, been I through forget, this. I forgot that All like the way. I had to forgive you of these sins. Have you heard a harmony like that? In no, your life? I love the thing is I love the Backstreet Boys as and I well. love In Sync. And I know it was like In Sync. I'm always curious what it was. It's was it like you listened to one before I the listened other? to Backstreet Boys before. That's what I, I wanted that too. And, and I was I, already in love with Nick and AJ. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I listened to Instinct first and then obviously loved Backstreet Boys. I think Boys. that honestly is what it boils down I'm to. Sure it's like who did you yeah, yeah. like And then ninety eight degrees came along and you were like, Yeah, we're already yeah. in love with the Good other two. Good try. It's fine. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely Oh cute exchange student yeah, showed we're up, like, but ah, we're good. Good good go away. You're yeah. Fine. You're oh fine. my god. What is what are they all doing? I ran into one of the ninety eight degrees guys at a Shake Shack in Hollywood. He held the door open for me. Ooh. For me and Josh. He was with his family and he had a very cool outfit and he was way littler than I expected. <laughs> I it was Timmons. What's his name? Um, Jeff Timmons. Oh. That's who held the door for us. It was nice of him. He didn't have That's to nice. do that. 
That was very nice. He's Jeff Timmons from 98 <laughs> Degrees. Uh, anyway. So boy bands, which I feel like uh, talking about boy bands means that we are at an age where we must be entering into youth group. I suppose, but I always liked boys. That's like, true. Like from yeah. real, real young. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. I was the same. Um, so, I mean, what did youth group kind of look like for you? What role did that play in your life? growing up well by the time I was in youth group um my dad was in between churches okay so I was we were my whole family at a different church primarily where I was in youth group and we were all like members or whatever but my dad wasn't the pastor somebody else was the pastor but the pastor's son really liked me oh yeah we had like a cute flirtation for several years and nothing ever came of it but um youth group years were I would say I honestly, and not to get into the whole deconstruction uh, conversation, which is much, much bigger, but it's the first years where I was honest with myself that I had mm. always doubted. Oh, interesting. Always. I feel the same I don't way. think I ever, ever, sorry, mom, <laughs> I don't think I ever truly bought it. Yeah. All of it. I felt that way a ever. lot in in youth at hype by that point. But it, yeah, it was in youth group where I finally um it was that age where I finally was honest with myself that I had never bought yeah. it because I was too afraid what to. Do, what do you mean by can you give an example about when you say I never bought it, what that means? Well, any with anything, I never was the kid to raise my hands in church. Oh, I, interesting. I was the last of all of my parents' kids, the oldest out of the four of us to get saved. Okay. Like for whatever, you know, to repeat the prayer. Mm -hmm. Um, I would do things fear-based. I would do like my prayer every night to make sure that all my sins from the day were cleansed, but it was out of fear, not out of belief. Mm -hmm. Music even, for instance, what we were just talking about, I never bought that it was wrong. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. I I definitely have always, even now, I've always thought there were levels of appropriateness, but I never, I just never bought it ever. And it always, certain things made me uncomfortable. So when I would be in situations where people would just openly be like, something's going on, blah, blah, blah. Okay, let's pray about it right now. There's nothing in the world that ever made me more uncomfortable. And I grew up in it. Yeah. I was born into it. I never knew anything different. And yet it was never me. Yeah. Ever. Did you ever think everybody else must be thinking this and not saying it? Or were you like, oh, no, I'm... I thought it was like 50-50. Okay. Which maybe is true. Yeah. I think I thought some people, and I didn't understand why I wasn't like them. And then I thought the other people, like, yeah, like, nobody's buying this, right? I don't yeah. know. But anyway, um, that is a much bigger conversation. But it's where I started coming into this place of, like, I don't think I'm always going to be where I am now. Yeah. And... Youth group was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> we had lock-ins. Oh, same. Have you ever in your life been hornier <laughs> than at a youth group lock-in? <laughs> we need to stay up all night with and hope that all the cute boys are there. Oh, my God. I was at a lock-in one time, and this guy, like, kind of stroked my foot. Just, like, a quick <laughs> swipe. And I was like, okay, honey. <laughs> Yeah. Like anything better? Yeah. Like what are they thinking like, keeping let's lock all of us in? in? All the hormones. Yeah. It, all the yes. That's what they should call it. It's a hormone lock. Uh, yeah. Like it's absurd. Like this will equal problems yeah. in the future. And I started working in high school too. I started working when I was 14 years old and we had lock-ins at my job. I worked at a skating rink mm-hmm. and we would hold lock-ins on Friday nights at my job and then sometimes I couldn't do those because I would have lock-ins at youth group. It okay. was tough to choose. Yeah. 
Tough to choose. It's like get paid by the skating rink or get my foot stroked at the yeah. church. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Too weird. Is, but yeah. youth group, I mean, what was your experience? Was your dad the pastor when you were in youth group? No. So oh, my okay. dad stopped being the pastor very like – Although he was a pastor, and it's a weird thing, like the missionary thing, it's like he's always a sort of pastoral figure, but he never led a church in terms of like a church I attended any of my formative years. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if I knew that. Yeah. The church that I grew up in South Africa uh, that I went to the majority of the time was always not led by my dad. Like if anything, they, they attended, but I would say my sister and I were like avid attenders and they like at the time that we were in high school and going to youth group and things like that um was when the uh, baby shelter that my parents ran was like in full force and so that was like their main ministry and what, what about before that though were they traveling a lot or something or before that okay. like we spent like years where like every weekend they were in a different church ministering where he was like speaking and so in that sense it's weird because it's like he was pastoring in a sense but it was like a traveling thing so we would do music and he would preach and he'd be at a different church all the time so we were always like he was never like the pastor of a church from basically when i was very young right yeah so i mean all of my high school years were spent at a church in rustenburg pastored by not my parents um, and it was a very significant uh, period of my life. I mean, I was so involved. I was in, I led the worship. I was in worship team like for the regular church and then all through um, high school. I led with other people for the youth group and I mm-hmm. was like mentoring people and bro- my sister and I were doing like dance team stuff. We were we were trying to incorporate any kind of Americanized like youth group things people would come through and like kind of teach us things and then we would like teach it to the youth group oh wow but it was but we also had a lot of those same things like we would have the lock-ins and we would have like youth group retreats and um i mean it was a very significant time of my life where i was like ultra involved but also was starting to question things 100 mm-hmm. percent. yeah um i remember so many like i have so many memories sitting at the keyboard singing alongside my fellow members of the of our worship team and just thinking like is everybody struggling with this like is everybody questioning if what we're doing and it wasn't even I wasn't really even questioning this was not a questioning of like the existence of a god it was just like um, it's all the tenants almost right yeah, for me it was yeah. about more of like the tenants and the behaviors the behaviors for sure like i we would have these moments these like i don't know what they would call them a kind of like a revival or like a holy spirit sort of night yeah, yeah. and i remember these nights where people were being slain in the spirit and if you don't know what that term means it means like google it yeah google it <laughs> but people would pray over another person and they would literally fall back Mm -hmm. onto the floor and there would be people that would come stand behind you to catch you if you fall or people would start to speak in tongues which again if you don't know what that means it's like sort of sounds sort of gibberish in a way I don't know even know how to describe it I could do it for you right now yeah I know and I'm not going to (laughs) no I'm not gonna do it Um, either (laughs) but I absolutely could and that's why it cannot be a thing beyond that sorry mom um wow Love you. Um, (laughs) The slain in the spirit thing is, okay, if God or one of his three parts are making you fall, if God's making you fall, Mm -hmm. why must you be caught? 
Oh, I don't know. I remember it thinking is questions like, like that where I'm like, God's making you fall. He's not going to let you get hurt. Yep. This is ridiculous. Yep. Why are you being caught? It just, I don't oh, know. Oh, it opens up. This is for, we've said this so many times, but it is for another podcast at some point. But like being in South Africa yeah. and part of my family, we were, it's a bigger, it's a way bigger thing. But if you have heard of the word um, or the name Benny Hinn. Oh, who honey. is like the who, yes who yes we would go to Benny Hinn all the time in yes. in Lakeland yeah. and he in Orlando somehow I don't know the association I don't know how my family knew him but he came and did this huge like in a stadium sized revival in Zim- either Zimbabwe or Zambia and it's another country in Africa and we all went up there and I was probably like ten or eleven and we like I sat on stage at this Benny Hinn conference yeah and witnessed i don't even know what i witnessed honestly looking back but the sort of like the healings and the slain in the spirit and all these things that now after listening to many podcasts about all kinds of conspiracy things i can't i'm not going to sit here and say i know what happened with benny hinn but yeah, did you listen to swindled oh yeah, there was I one did. about that yes yeah yeah and yeah. it's just there's things where i'm like i just the logical part of my brain, I I feel like there's a big emotional response that happens with people, and you can want to do a lot and of that, things. And the thing is, an emotional real. response can be very real. Yeah, placebos heal people. Yeah, placebos heal people. Yeah, you know, like in controlled studies. Totally. So I'm not even discounting that. I'm just like going, is this like a savior, or is yes. this a really, really, really powerful spiritual placebo? Yeah, I don't know. That's yeah. Ugh, I don't know. Um, one time, uh, my sister was at one of those type of situations, and somebody fell back and slain in the spirit, broke her pinky. <laughs> I kid you not. And you're like, well, oh guess- my gosh, broke yeah. her pinky. Like God, good looking out. Come on, man. Yeah. Like, oh. it, like it's like the ultimate trust fall. I know. And, and she was getting screwed. <laughs> oh, it makes me laugh. There were so not many funny. movements of the like. There was like the whole laughing one. Where oh, people oh, we would, went to the laughing one. Uh, yeah. What I would encourage anybody, like, let's say you're listening to this podcast and you're still very much in the church and everything, and maybe you think some of this is uncomfortable for you to listen to. What I would encourage you to do is just take a step back and look at it from the lens of somebody. Let's say you never grew up in any of it, and what that might look like. There's there's parts of it that now I'm like. I'm not going to say it's a cult, but it feels there's things that just feel like you watch these documentaries like uh, For the Bible Tells Me So or Jesus Camp. And it just it resonates so much to the point where it's Mm -hmm. when you take a step outside of it and then look back in, it just feels so extreme. And I realize to people it's a very personal experience and people's lives are changed from these experiences. But I remember growing up wishing that I had, in quotes, sort of like found Jesus. I always like <gasps> and not grew up oh, in it. Wow, I don't think I've ever articulated that because yeah. I remember growing up with like Teen Challenge mm-hmm. things, and they would mm-hmm. come and they would speak, and Jesus saved my life, and you know I turned around after this, and I had these problems, and now I, you know, I I found a different way, and I was like, that's powerful. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. That, I want that story. I want that story. Yeah. Not that I want to go be some prodigal son. No, that's what but, I think too. But there's something beautiful where I'm like, I've never experienced what you're talking about. I don't feel saved. No, and I remember thinking that too. It's like I wish – I feel like you almost need to not be a part of it and then experience it to actually – 
I mean, maybe discover who this, I, I don't know. I felt like everybody had a different experience of who Jesus was or this yeah. new walk with Christ was that I didn't experience because right. I never had, knew anything different in, in a blessed, in it was such a blessing that I got to grow up in the way I did. But in that same sense, felt like I missed out on an experience that apparently a lot of other people were experiencing. Totally. Or I'm like, or is everybody just pretending? And this is just one big emotional experience. Yeah. The church that I was in when I was in youth group um, was fairly – it was Pentecostal bordering on charismatic, which Mm -hmm. again, if you're not in this world, charismatic is like another level up from Pentecostal in terms of emotional response. Mm to what they would say is that there it's like more like holy spirit focused holy ghost focused yeah. um where it's about that emotional response and that and sometimes physical response um but there was a woman in that church who would have a word oh yes and i one sunday had one of my best friends stay the night with me and we were best friends for a while at this point um and she knew i was a pastor's kid or whatever but it wasn't my dad's church it was the church we were at at the time and she was not raised religiously at all, but she came with me and this woman burst into her word. Mm-hmm. And every single time she would start with, my people, my people, every single time. And my friend grabbed my arm and squeezed it. And she was like, what is happening? And I was like, this, this is, is another Sunday. This is how it goes. <laughs> like this is. And she was very like, like you, you come to this? I'm like. A, I don't have a choice. Yeah. B, I'm with you. C, it's weird that it's weird to you because it's not weird to me because it happens all the time even though I don't buy it. Yeah. It was yeah, just a lot so of feelings. Yeah, it's so interesting having that other perspective because it is strange. Yeah. And at the same time, still being in the scenario where I didn't buy it, but I still was saying my prayer every night to like save just to my be, soul. make sure we don't go to hell make if we sure. die. And wanting her to also do the same and all my friends – yeah. Even though it was just like a, it was more of a precaution. Yeah. You know what I always struggled with with those? Like we had a lot of people in, in South – I don't know what it was about like South Africa at the time or I've been told that like our church we went to, we had a lot of the whole – what's the right word? Like have a message or like somebody would come Pro- across – Like prophecy, prophetic. Prophetic. Yeah. Yes. Prophetic. Mm-hmm. And what I struggle with looking back is like – you hear things about, you know, sort of horoscopes or these, like, astrology being such a terrible thing. And But to me, like, these people would get up on stage and have some, in quotes, prophetic word. And I'm like, how is this any different than you going to some fortune teller and them telling you something? Like, yeah. I know that might be a stretch, but it's well, the difference is, Brittany, that in the church, there has to be a confirmation. If oh, you I know. Yes. So one person would have to say whatever. Oh, so what she would always do is somebody would speak in tongues and then they would interpret. Yes. So in South Africa, I, so that would happen. That that would happen most of the time. But there was also a few people that would just come up and be like, I have a word from the Lord. Right. And would just, you know, and looking back, I'm like, it just feels like it's a show where it's like somebody wants to be on stage. They need to ha- hear themselves speak. I, it just it, – it, it felt like a behavior that was encouraged. And so it was going to happen no matter what, regardless of whether it was true or not. Well, everybody was there for it to happen. Yeah. That's why, would, you know, especially in like revival meetings and things like that, it's like the that's the purpose is to show up yeah. and have those things happen. So, you know, it's that whole – it's a, like, in my opinion, a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. 
other than that, youth group was cool. <laughs> yeah, I did enjoy youth group. I had fun at youth group. You know, there were cute boys and we played cute games. And- yeah. That's true. There were a lot of fun. It was like the alternative to partying. And it also, it was the alternative to partying. And it was, uh, did we not party? I mean, we did. (laughs) Um, At least I did. But some, it was also the first place that I had a really profound moment at that same church where a youth pastor for a time, he was kind of like an interim youth pastor, which what that means, another church word. like young. (laughs) No, interim, not intern. No, I know what you're saying, but I feel like normally in our case it was like, oh, the we had like the junior high youth pastor oh. and then like the senior high. Oh, that was totally a thing. And so then like it'd be like the young guys. This guy up. wasn't young; he oh, was okay. older and wise, okay. which I think was good because he was the first person who openly challenged the church during youth group and made me go, oh, like there are other perspectives and it's okay like you it's can okay still be question. you can still be a christian and question mm-hmm. you can be a christian and believe differently yeah because that's amazing yeah it was and we'll get into it at some point it's a bigger story but and it's such a small thing now but it was pivotal for me and um it was just an interesting thing because you know the way we grew up at least for me was you know baptists believe once saved, always saved. Mm-hmm. Pentecostals believe you got to get saved after every sin. Mm-hmm. And they would say no. Yeah, I was going to say, people would tell you that that's not the case. They would say that case. that's not the case. That's not how it felt. That Not at all. <laughs> not at all. Oh, no. Um, yeah. And and a big part of that, God love her. But my sweet, sweet grandmother was a big thing with her. You know, if you sin, you better ask him to save your soul before you go to sleep. What if you die in your sleep? Mm-hmm. Things like that, you yeah. know? And I'm like, well, I, it's unlikely I'm... 11. <laughs> so there's that. Like <laughs> things are looking up for yeah. me right now. <laughs> I'm really believing in my future. Uh, but, you know, yeah. it, it was the first time where I was comfortable with the fact that I was in a situation where, like, you can question the rifts in the church and it not be they're wrong, I'm right. It might be no one actually knows. Yes. It's kind of what happened. Yeah. That's which, amazing that you heard that in youth group. Girl. And the only reason I even... Uh, it was huge then, but like it's been so much time. I yeah, mean, it's been sixteen, seventeen years. But maybe a little, a little mustard seed was planted. It, well, it was. It, it absolutely into- was. <laughs> it, well, it did. And I had a, 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 you know, these conversations with you, and I was trying to think back, like what was kind of the beginning of things, and that was a, that was definitely one of the beginning things. Not that I, like I said earlier, I never bought everything, but I um had that moment, yeah, like a a mustard seed moment where I was like, oh, I. It's okay. Like he's questioning. Mm-hmm. He's saying that the Bible doesn't make sense in this moment. Yeah, and that's what he it must did. Must be okay for it me must, to actually right. Like, us. oh, we can actually interpret things differently and blah blah blah. And you know, yeah, yeah, it was great. But anyway, those are my youth group years. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm I am very nos- nostalgic about those times. What I am like, it's maybe like one of the only times, just because. Well, the older you get to, you're be, you're getting more of it. Yeah, I am getting more of it yeah. for sure. But it just you felt sort of like on top of the world and like you're starting to feel confident and I don't know. I I really enjoyed those years of youth group even though I was also questioning things and youth group also brought into light dating and things like purity and purity rings and Whew. That's like a whole thing in and of itself, which was, you know, committing to the Lord and to your parents and to yourself to 
stay uh, virtuous and which basically means be a virgin until you get married. And that was usually followed up with some sort of promise, promise ring, which, yeah. Um, yeah, like my dad gave me something. I don't even remember how old I was. I feel like I was like 13 or 14 where he gave me like a ring that was kind of like a purity ring, which it, I don't even know. I mean, I know how I feel about it now. Like I would never do that with my kids, but I also know where it came from. And I, I, I don't know. I don't really know how I feel about it, honestly. I I don't think it's the best thing in the world, but that way. I never had a purity ring. Yeah. Yeah. In my family, like, we did not talk about sex because sex is the worst thing you could talk about. Yeah. So it was never discussed. It was just like, this is the worst thing you can possibly do in yeah. life. Um, murder would not be as bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as long as you don't have sex with the body. Yeah. <laughs> Then you're fine. That was a necrophilia joke. <laughs> Getting dark. Uh, yeah, but it's just the worst thing you could possibly do. Yeah. So we didn't even talk. Like, there were going to be no rings involved because that acknowledges the fact that sex yeah. exists. But I don't remember. And dad, if you actually listen to this podcast, you can correct me. But text her. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't remember there being like a big conversation about sex with it as much as it was kind of like you're committed to yourself and like our family until you get married and Ooh, what, I don't know I don't like that but I don't know I feel like family thing that's what I don't remember what the wording was so I'm not gonna get it right so well I mean that makes sense because in the Bible it says like a man leaves his father and his mother and joins with his wife to, and yes. they become one flesh or whatever so I get that but because it's biblical yeah but the idea that your body belongs to your family i mean that or your purity or whatever yeah i don't i can't say that he said that no i'm sure back but it i feel like the word purity was used in place of like being sexual or the word sex where it was like we stay pure as opposed to being like we don't have sex yes exactly so it was like an easier way of putting it and oh definitely yeah yeah and i wore that ring like i was it pretty yeah, it was like it was like a band with like little like little mini little diamonds, like a little band. Oh. It was a nice yeah, it was very nice. This whole Christian culture of trying to stay pure and trying to um just listen to Christian music and just all of the sort of boxing in that we have. Yeah. Seems sort of the immersion in Yeah, it's yeah. like counter to what it feels like the story of Christ is, which is sort of being in the world and being around it and not creating this whole like religious environment, which is exactly what he came in mm-hmm. to the world to, to disrupt. To disrupt. And so that's like it's its own thing. So I know that's a big topic, but it's a good one though. Um, do you remember all of like now I want to like my my gut reaction was calling them a meme shirt, which is not correct because memes didn't exist. But um, but I know what you mean. They would yeah I know what I you know meme. What you meme. <laughs> is that an account? What do you meme? <laughs> da, da, da. Oh my yeah. god, we would be really good if we paired up with Weird Al. Yeah. Um. Second career. Oh yes. Twelfth career for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, I don't. We can't count. Um, mm-hmm. No. Uh, no. But all the shirts. Yeah. There was so much Christian non-style, but Christians loved ska. Oh yeah. For starters, yeah. love some ska, and they loved T-shirts that were like another brand, mm-hmm. but like a Jesus 
Adidasified version of the brand. It's like my favorite one that I had. Wait, there was an Adidas one. I can't remember what it said. But there, do you remember the that was really popular? But there was the CK one, which was very popular. CK, and then under it, like the Calvin Klein um, logo, it would say "Christ is King." Yeah. (laughs) And then there was like the original Old Navy, and then it was like the Old Navy logo, but then the picture was like Jesus in a boat with his twelve disciples. (laughs) Stuff like that. What was the Adidas one? I'm trying to remember what it said. Oh, there was the Lifesaver one. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was like uh, Lifesavers, like the candy. And it said Life Savior. <laughs> oh. What did it say? It says Addicted to Jesus. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. I had so many of those shirts because we went to so many conferences and things. We went to conferences all the time. All of the like Night of Joy, mm-hmm. Rock the Universe, Ignite the fire. Yep. All of those. I remember my sister going to Night of Joy when I was little, my oldest sister. I thought she was so cool. She was always at Night of Joy. And it was almost like senior night at Disney World. Yeah. But it was for Christians <laughs> of all ages. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. And you would get those t-shirts all the time. Yeah. Oh, they were so cool. You had to find like the coolest slogan. And the most obscure. Like yeah. you, you don't want to be the popular CK one. No, you want to find the one that people are like, what was it? Oh, I get it. Okay. Like, oh yeah. You okay. want it to be the most clever. Yeah. Yeah. This is really upsetting me because this is totally my sense of humor. Like those oh, types of shirts. realizing that you're like, oh, oh, <laughs> I'm disappointed in myself. I'm getting a tick over here. Uh, yeah. I'm finding that I'm disappointed in myself. <laughs> Yeah, and then you have like the. Are we gonna talk about the WWJD? How can you not? Okay, you gotta talk, talk about, about the WWJD bracelets, which were when did those come out? I feel like ninety seven. Yeah, 96, that sounds right. Ninety seven. It was such a big deal, and they were so ugly. They would snap. They had that little black hook. Oh yeah, almost like you have on like a child car seat. <laughs> I feel like my memory is most of them just being like the rubber, just like they're all oh, one piece. They had those two, yeah. the rubber ones. I feel like that was the original. And then they- I, I was going to say that was the original rubber. Wrong. <laughs> it was like the original rubber bracelet, like before yeah. all of like the Live Strong ones sure, and all sure, that. Yeah. Um, that was yeah. They had the rubber ones, but then they also had the ones that were very like um, Rastafarian. Yes. Oh yeah. You know? I can picture them all in my head oh, right yeah, now. Yeah. yeah. But um, man, what a movement! Yeah, a huge like huge. I feel like people were wearing it who did like they did not. Well, then it became a joke in and of itself. So it that did. became a thing. And then everybody made fun of that right. and made up other acronyms. And it's culturally pervasive. Yeah. Like it, people will still use that joke. Uh, totally. And they'll still like, I even said it to my boss here. I go, what would Lacey do? Yeah. WWLD. And she knows what that means. Yeah. And she gets it. Like yeah. everybody gets it. It's extremely culturally pervasive and it's over 20 years old, which I know things last, you know, yeah. a lot of things are go on for that long. But that one, I feel like was really kind of niche it's crazy like can you imagine that kind of publicity now with social media it's like i i can't fathom well i think things in a certain way have a lot of less reach because with social media there's always something new coming out and with things like that they have such staying power that's true because it's shared just person to person. Yeah. You know, and a little bit of magazine and a little yeah, bit of TV yeah. and stuff. But those things take time to get to print and to get to air, whereas social media takes no time. What we're saying is nothing will ever be as cool <laughs> as the WWJD bracelet. <laughs> what what WWJD boils down to, it was a form of evangelism. Yes. The whole purpose was to get someone to ask you, what does that mean? Yeah, which is... 
the whole point of our denomination yeah. or our Christian culture, which yeah. was how do we figure out a way to get somebody into church, whether it be from a WWJD bracelet or a tract, which don't get me started on all of those, like, uh, ooh, million dollar uh, bill looks like a million dollar or whatever. Yeah, That's no, not totally. A bill, and it's really a Jesus tract. Anyways, but it's trying to get people to come to church so that they can be saved, so they don't go to hell, and so you can feel good about yourself when you go to bed. Yeah. Like, you feel like you're helping save humanity. Yeah. Um, Or you're supposed to feel the way. I never quite did. But I remember it being so intense that there were companies and churches and whatever uh, organizations that created curriculums. Oh, yeah. Full-blown curriculums with tracks involved and bracelets and, you know, tokens and coupons and all these different things that were like, it was like a outline of how to save people. Oh, yes. I mean, I had a full book one time and I remember uh, I had gone to like a camp or something and they gave these to all of us and it was like a contract. You had to like sign this contract that you were going to go out in the world and do this. And I signed it with everybody else because I was like, I didn't feel compelled. I felt Obligated. Obligated and scared. Yeah. To, and I was like, if I don't do this, I'm not going to heaven. Yeah. <laughs> I have to go do this. And I was getting base. older. All fear-based. 14, 15, 16, doing this stuff. And I remember pulling it out of my closet many times and being like, I've got to start doing this. I've got to start doing yeah. this. And just, I never did it. I could not bring myself to do that. No. Well, that's what like, I mean, I grew up, I mean, all of my life was spent trying to uh, get people to come to church or wanting them to come to our – I mean, I didn't consciously realize it was, like, our denomination, but come to our church. And and then in South Africa, I ended up at a Catholic school for most of my years in South Africa, and that was for, like, more of a – I'd say political reason, honestly. Like, at the time when we moved to South Africa, it was apartheid, which was – when segregation was still happening and it was just ending when we moved there. And so the school my parents put me in was an integrated school and had been. And all that said, it was a Catholic school. And because the public school there was still like all white kids or all black kids. And anyways, um, so I went to the Catholic school and I remember and I'm not saying my parents ever said this. I assumed that our way was the only way. But I don't remember people saying that specifically. That was what I thought. And so I remember thinking, like, as I was at this Catholic school and we would go to mass. So I didn't have an understanding. We'll put it this way. I didn't have an understanding growing up. And I I do blame this on the church and maybe parenting as well. It's just I didn't understand the Christian culture as a whole like next to our denomination or how our denomination worked within the Christian mm. culture. That's interesting because I feel like I did and w- w- or at least in mine it was that ours was just the one. Yeah, I mean, but the thing is that's what I thought, but I don't remember hearing people say that. I feel like it was based on so if they're Catholic, which I didn't realize was a Christian Oh, yeah, like they're barely Dang. Christian is how it felt. It was yeah, like, I was like, it, oh. I remember being taught they think they're Christian. Yeah, oh, yes, that kind of verbiage was uh-huh. very common. Yeah. And saying, well, they think this or, oh, they think that. But at the end of the day. They're deceived. What, yes, what I was, my understanding was 
you should still invite them to church. You should invite them to youth group. And this was like all through elementary school, all through high school. I would spend my years or my Friday nights, you know, getting invited to parties and then being like, no, you should come to youth group with me because that's that's like what should happen because I was fearful of them going to hell and I wanted them to know. And meanwhile, they're looking at me thinking I'm the crazy person. It's just all... Brittany, Brittany, so crazy. Brittany's looking away with a very uh, forlorn <laughs> look in her like, eyes. No, I'm sorry to <laughs> all of you guys that I invited a million times. And you can't see her, but you're dealing with some stuff. I can I see it in your I face. Am. <laughs> oh man. Um, you know, as we've been talking this whole evening about this, um, surprise, surprise, it's evening, and we are enjoying ourselves here. I we're not surprised to realize that this is a much bigger topic. As we, then maybe we thought trying to talk about this. I know. I did not think like I'm, you know, spoiler alert, we have notes and <laughs> I am just glancing at them like, oh my God, like we, there's so many more things that we want to touch on that yeah. it, I don't think it's just possible to get it all out in one. And guess what? There's no reason that we have to. We're the no, bosses. We're the bosses. We do whatever we, we want. Yep. We we can do whatever we like. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love that you like, you got to punctuate that. I, got, yeah. I have to, I have to. That song should play us out tonight. Yeah. Are we allowed to do that? But I think I definitely am not done with this conversation. We should continue it and uh, pick up. I think it seems like we've moved into, we're getting close to the 2000s. Yeah, I think so. With this conversation. And I mean, there's so many like bigger, even just like, yeah. I guess, theological, philosophical sort of overarching themes that we want to be able to address with all of these stories and anecdotes about our childhood. But it's hard to get into when we kind of have feel like we need to lay the foundation for you. And right. so um, I think moving forward from this one, it will be sort of its own standalone for the 90s or kind of our uh, elementary to youth group days. Um, but then maybe next week we will talk about from th- that time to... Yeah, late teens to present-ish. Yeah. You know, something we wanted to mention and we will get to is like, what do what does our identity currently look like post-Christian culture? Um, and like, what does that look like since moving to LA? How does that, how has that influenced things? Which honestly is going to, it's going to move into its own bigger topic than of like where are we now which I'm not saying we're going to be able to get to next week so this as much as I said at the beginning of this that this is not the beginning of a series <laughs> it may just be the beginning of a series it that we be. that we just kind of have to dive into we'll decide because we're, we're the, the bosses, bosses. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of things to touch on in terms of how we still interact with Christian culture or don't interact with Christian culture and mm-hmm. I feel torn a lot of the time so I'm excited to talk to you about it because I need you to help me make some decisions yeah and I think you also brought up earlier which I like had barely an answer for is as I'm raising kids currently I keep going oh we'll figure it out when we get there or when I need to decide yeah. and now I'm like well I got a nine-year-old oh girl she's at the age of accountability <laughs> no I know so I'm like so we're making some decisions now that I need to yeah. decide yeah. how we're approaching this. Topic. Totally. And if you don't know what the age of accountability is, Google it because it's not in the Bible. <laughs> God, I just rolled my eyes so hard. They are stuck. 
Yeah. Anyway, I'm excited to see what next week holds. I am too. And I want to hear from you guys. What were your 1990s Christian culture uh, memories and Tell us about your human videos. I want to know what your best songs were. Oh, yes. If you have YouTube videos, I'd love to see them. Oh, man. Do you have videos? I don't think that any would exist at this point. And you know what? Bonus points make us a human video. There you go. <laughs> this has been lovely. It has been. And illuminating. Unlike the Illuminati. Why do you read my mind? <laughs> I was going to say, but not like the Illuminati. Say your prayers before bed so you don't go to hell. Oh, yes. We like you and we love you. Amen. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Brittany. Bye-bye. Good night. Hey, Brittany. I don't think you stopped recording. If you did, I'm not talking to anyone right now, and that's really creepy. But if you didn't stop recording, we're still on. And the first song that NSYNC released was, I want you back, da-na-na, da na na You know it. That's all.